I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of The Wall Street Journal. Crossing Over has its heart in umpteen places and its head stuffed with dramatic claptrap. Wayne Kramer's interlocking saga of immigration in 21st century America definitely crosses over from workaday mediocrity to distinctive dreadfulness. Harrison Ford, who plays an immigration agent, is no more morose than he was last year as Indiana Jones, but the movie's distinction is runaway connectivity. Never mind the curse of the mummy's tomb. What we have here is the curse of Crash and Babel. The common element of those two overpraised but influential films was their jigsaw puzzle structure, disparate lives tied together by tentacles of coincidence or convenience that reached across a sprawling city in the first case and across the whole world in the second. In the case of Crossing Over, which seems to have more strands than a fiber optic cable, would-be immigrants are hyperlinked in arbitrary ways. Marriage, family, romance, adultery, professional partnership, even a fender bender in the spirit of crash. And every story is an overwrought crisis. One of them involves the sister of Harrison Ford's partner an Iranian played glumly by the excellent Maori actor Cliff Curtis. Another crisis turns on an Australian actress's attempt to score a green card and the efforts of her agnostic boyfriend, a British museum, to pass himself off as a religious Jew. His story provides the only whiff of intentional humor of entertainment. The immigration authorities require the boyfriend to recite the Kaddish in the presence of an Orthodox rabbi. For the most part, though, the film relies on silly happenstance and a frenzied cross-cutting climax that plays like a parody of The Godfather. Some immigrants make it, while others don't. Some are deserving, while others are not. But that's the extent of the script's wisdom. Confronted by one of the central dramas of our time, Crossing Over has nothing to declare. I'm reviewing An American Affair only because it's opening and America must be forewarned. The openings this week are confined to New York and Washington, D.C. Next week, the movie will go wider unless cooler heads prevail. This isn't really a professional film, even though several experienced and established actors have been inveigled to inhabit it. They include Gretchen Maul, James Rebhorn, and Noah Weil. The directorial style derives from the hallowed traditions of Ed Wood, Glacial pace, performers adrift in a no-person's land between coma and rigor mortis, and the plot is sufficiently imbecilic to warrant discussion in the same breath with Plan 9 from Outer Space. The story is set in Washington, D.C. in 1963, and it's told through the exploits of a 13-year-old prep student, Adam Stafford. He's played dolorously by Cameron Bright. Adam's entree into the world of adult affairs is by way of adolescent lust. One glance across the street at a semi-clothed neighbor played by Gretchen Mall, and he's at her front door asking about the possibility of an after-school job. The neighbor, Catherine Caswell, is a dipsomaniacal action painter who tells Adam, after he admires one of her paintings, form is dead. She also happens to be President Kennedy's mistress, and by virtue of her shadowy connections as a former CIA wife, the only one who can save Kennedy from being assassinated. I have no idea how such hapless prattle found its way to the screen. What's certain, though, is that folly, unlike form, never dies.
I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of The Wall Street Journal. I'll be back on KCRW next week with more reviews. KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.